Hey everyone, Matt Lowe here. Welcome to the 60th episode of Bouncing Back, a video series meant to give people who have been laid off to COVID-19 an opportunity to sell themselves to new employers in the ad industry. For this special episode, we have Josh Weiss, who is most recently an Associate Creative Director slash Art Director at Red Tedemar O'Connell in LA, but who is now actually freelancing at Jack Morton in Chicago. Josh also, Josh also co-founded the Sideshow Awards, which had their inaugural show last week, I'll shamelessly plug for a second that Bouncing Back won Best in Category for podcasts, which was totally awesome. But Josh wasn't necessarily laid off, but because of COVID, you know, he's kind of struggling to find that full-time job in this crazy job market, which is ultimately his goal. But Josh, really happy to have you on. Thanks for having me. Congratulations yeah, again. In this uh, crazy, busy, you know, world for you. Uh, yeah, it's, it's been a lot. <laughs> Well, you've been doing some great stuff. You know, I appreciate it. Everyone I'm sure who submitted side projects appreciated it. So, you know, really great job and well done on the first show. Thank you. It's it's really been interesting, especially kind of being on the other side from what, you know, people see, like, you know, seeing how the sausage is made, if you will. Um, you know, because for, for me, it's like, this is me and like a few people who, you know, we worked really hard, but it's still like a side project. But, you know, when you see people kind of making a fuss about it and like, I don't, I, I personally don't see this as being like competition to like cans or one show, but when people kind of like get excited about it in the same way they would if they had just won one, like it's, it's pretty crazy and cool at the same time to me that, you know, we were able to give that someone that same feeling um, who might not have been able to have it because of either the agency ad and the projects they're on or, you know, for whatever reason. Um, you know, it's nice to be able to make people feel appreciated for the work that they're doing. Yeah, I think it's amazing. And I saw everyone posting on LinkedIn, whether it was, you know, about a short list or a, a bronze, silver, gold, whatever it was. And they were so, you know, passionate and excited to win. And I think that comes from a self of pride that it is a side project versus, you know, maybe an agency project. But yeah, totally agree. I think being able to give people that feeling is, is really rewarding. You should be really proud of that. Maybe start off just by telling everyone, you know, how you're dealing with this pandemic, where you're quarantining. And although I, I kind of just gave the answer to that, how you've been keeping busy the last few months. Yeah. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm based out of LA. I moved, I really since right before Trump got elected, my life's kind of been crazy. I, I moved from LA, from Sachi LA to BBDO Atlanta. Was there for a year before AT&T moved their headquarters to LA. So. BBDO Atlanta lost the business to the new BBDO LA office. So I got laid off. I moved up to New York, freelanced there for a year before I got a job at a Red Hedemar O'Connell's LA office. I was there for eight months when they lost a client in their Philly office and my partner and I got laid off. So I've just been freelancing since then. And, uh, you know, would have hoped to have had a full-time job by now, but COVID's kind of affected the industry and kind of, set things back so you know I've been in LA um and I've just been like I, you know I've been working on random things and a lot you know a lot of smaller side projects I had something earlier this year that was a little bit bigger it was a an alphabet book that was originally just be a gift for my nephew for his second birthday and uh, Samita Deshpande and I came up with all these like fake animals and I, I illustrated she wrote the copy for it and, you know, as we were working on it, we were sharing it with friends and they loved it. So we ended up selling, you know, over 120 copies. And, and 
we, we, you know, we had talked about trying to find a publisher for it, but then we kind of put that off. And one day Smeet and I were talking and uh, kind of talking about side projects in general and because uh, we were looking to figure out what our next one was and just kind of this idea of doing an award show for side projects made us both laugh and uh, you know, she got really excited about it. So we just started running from there. And that was like the last week of June or the last week of July. Um, so with a week from there, we brought in four people to kind of help us out and it kind of kept growing. And those original four people ended up becoming our board of directors. Uh, and then, you know, we had a bunch of people as, you know, contributors who have helped out in different ways. And we launched, you know, in a month from bringing them on, you know, three months later, here we are, so. Yeah, amazing. I mean, really being able to do that in four months, really yeah. well done. It, and I think, the, I think the, the most interesting part of that to me is that like, these were people that, the people I brought on were mostly people I'd never met in person before. Like I may have talked to them online like once or twice, but we didn't really have like a formal relationship. And so it's been really interesting to build this team who is, you know, all over North America and South America because Camila Siapina got trapped in Brazil. Um, but, you know, for us to be able to entirely do the show virtually, it, I think it's kind of a, a feat in itself. So. Oh, 100%. And I've had a bunch of people on the board of directors and who are involved on this, you know, series itself. I've also become friendly with Camila who, you know, still still working so she hasn't been on this but all yeah. really great people in the community you're building is you know wonderful and i think just the linkedin community that you know mm -hmm. has kind of been built this past you know six or seven months has been unbelievable yeah you know people like brie and other people who helped you and and it's really grown and i think unfortunately it's, it's because of covid but hopefully after the fact this tight knit of you know advertising folks really stays you know intact mm -hmm. i think that's an important point too is just the community that's kind of sprung up in direct relation to you know the sideshow and side project. Uh, once COVID's over, you know the hope is, you know we can kind of create like local chapters, if you will, where people can meet up and you know find out what other people are working on or if they have a skill set you might need for your project, so that you know you're not people realize they're not in this alone and that they can you know work with other people to kind of make their projects even better. And, you know it really becomes an all ship rise situation when people start working together on this stuff. Yeah, and I think, you know, like we were talking about a little bit before, the possibilities are endless. You know, you have such an awesome platform and excited to see where you where you take it next. Maybe tell everyone a little bit, you know, about yourself, maybe some clients that you've worked on and what you're looking for in your next role. Um, yeah, so, you know, I, I didn't originally go to school for advertising, like a lot of people, you know, you know, similar story. I, I actually went to school for journalism and sociology. So I worked as a photojournalist for a few years before going back to creative circus and uh i remember you know when i graduated in 2008 that was like right when the newspaper industry started crashing and it was back yeah it was back in 2009 the atlanta journal constitution which was like the paper i really wanted to work at next uh they had layoffs and i kind of got spooked by it and kind of realized that it wasn't going to be a long-term viable career anymore and so I started, you know, I, I quit my job at the newspaper, started freelancing and trying to figure out what I wanted to do long-term. And I tried a bunch of different things. I worked at CNN as a uh, associate producer for a year in a freelance capacity because my roommate at the time worked there full-time and he needed someone to freelance. Um, and just sitting behind a desk all day, I just knew it was gonna drive me crazy editing photos. 
uh, and someone told me I should look into marketing and kind of as I dove more into that, I kind of stumbled upon art direction and just reading the description, I realized it was like a perfect fit for me because in middle school, I had started getting an interest in graphic design. My freshman, sophomore years, I got really into uh, video production, which transitioned into photography, which led to the photojournalism. But you know, you're like reading a job description of what an art director does, and you're taking all these things and making a job out of it. And so it's like, oh man, like I guess I should sell my soul and go into advertising, and I thought it did. So. Yeah, it seems like it's working out so far. We all have to sell our soul a little bit, but it works out one way or another. It's capitalism. We all do it. Right. <laughs> what would you say you're looking for in your next role? Um, I think more leadership opportunities. Uh, you know, you you go through your career and you learn from a lot of people. You have some of your bosses can be good, some of them can be bad. And you, you know, you take away something from all of them. And, you know, I, I've been around long enough to where I actually really enjoy mentoring people and, uh, you know, building teams and everything. And so that's something I'm, you know, I really want to do. And that's probably been the best part of Sideshow for me is that, you know, getting to lead those, that team and kind of have, be able to push the direction more than just kind of following someone else's lead. Uh, it, it was really rewarding, but also kind of helping, you know, people grow along the way. You know, we have some really, really great uh, designers slash art directors and copywriters who are working on our social stuff and kind of getting to work with them to, you know, up their craft, but kind of seeing how they bring things to the table that I wouldn't have thought of, I think has been a really great experience and something that I, you know, I'd like to continue doing. Yeah, that's great. And clearly you do a good job at it because I've seen all the praise you kind of are getting on LinkedIn from everyone who's worked with you. You know, everyone has great things to say. So it's a testament to you. And, you know, hopefully someone's listening to this and gives you that opportunity at an agency to, to be in a mentorship role. Yeah, I mean, you do what you can and you just hope that people, you know, feel good about it afterwards. So it's always nice when, you know, people say stuff like that out of like genuine belief as opposed to fear that they're, you know, going to get punished if they don't. I can't really punish any of these people. So that's the plus of it. Totally. What would you say are some of your best qualities? Um, I don't know. I, I like to think I work hard. Uh, I, you know, I put a lot of it, a lot into projects, especially if I believe in them like sideshow. Uh, I think, you know, it's a mountain of work to, to put on a work show, obviously. And I think a lot of people would have looked at that and just decided not to do it. But, and, and I, I posted something on LinkedIn about this, about how, you know, we were a little naive about it. But I think if you kind of have that drive to do things and you have your vision and you really believe in it and you push it, um, you know, good things can happen. And that's just something that I've always kind of embraced, you know, throughout my career, no matter what I've been doing, it's just, you know, really push for the things you believe in, and it's it's worked out pretty well. So, uh, you know, you you have to have that drive, uh, really, to make your career happen. Because if you're not advocating for yourself, and like if you can't back it up either, like if you're just all talk and you can't actually back up the things you talk about, you're gonna get done. So for me, I, I like to think that I'm like people when I say things that people listen and know that it's gonna get done. Yeah, I think that's really important. And clearly, you don't only talk the talk, but you actually, you know, walk the walk and, and prove that you're willing to work hard on, on projects you're passionate about. And I think that's really important because a lot of people say that, but, you know, it's, it's clear with, with the sideshow and even looking at your portfolio that 
you actually, you know, strongly believe in, in working hard and, and doing that. So that's you know, really important. Do you have a favorite project that you've worked on? Uh, well, my project or, or published? Um, either. You know, something more agency kind of driven. Yeah, and I really, I, I really love my uh, George Lottery Digigames work just because it was such an absurd process from the very beginning. For people who haven't seen it yet, it's um, hands acting like people in situations where when you win money, you would let it go to your head, but obviously hands don't have heads. So there was like a lot of practical problems with it, like how do you cast a hand? Like what makes a good hand actor? How do you do wardrobe for hand? Because it's not a one for one, you know, with a human body, like all these things. And just every part of the process was so fun to figure out. And then the end result of it is just like, so ridiculously detailed like there there's a moment where um we have an artist painting some like a hand that's in a robe and like just the way the artist kind of shifts its way to look over it's just like that small little detail instead of being like you know it makes such a huge difference and like i just love every part of it because of that yeah i love that you're really focusing on you know a project like that because it really shows you know your attention to craft and detail and I think, you know, as an art director, but of course, as a writer too, that's, it's really important to focus on those, you know, little things. And even if it's a shoot with just hands, you have to treat it like it is a person. So, yeah. You know, well, it was, it was figuring out where the humor came from it also, because like, you know, it could have been slapstick and it would have been, it would have been funny for different reasons, but we think it's funnier because it's such a normal human situation that we put all these hands in. They just happen to be hands. So it's like, because you can do absurd on absurd and it just gets very like slapsticky and like meh but like when you do let the one absurd thing about it kind of stand for itself and everything else is like in a normal situation it just accentuates the, the weird so much and like i don't know just for me that's kind of what makes it yeah 100 percent. i think the juxtaposition like you're talking about makes it way more funny than doubling down on the absurdity of it mm -hmm. what will agencies be getting if they did you know reach out and hire you full-time uh, just someone who's very passionate about the work, you know, I, I, I fight for things when I believe they're worth fighting for. Um, uh, I, I love talking with clients and I've found that clients are actually, they respond really well with me because I tend, like my, my background was in journalism, like I said, so I tend to ask, you know, hard, I ask hard questions that I don't think a lot of clients get asked sometimes. And I think they like that because they, it helps them understand that they are a partner, but they're also being heard because you can ask questions, but if you're like, not, you know, like I want to know, cause I want to make the best product for them, or, uh, you know, have the best project. But like, and so if you can fully understand why they want the things that they want and not just kind of writing down what they want, they feel like they're being heard in a part of the process in a way where if you're just kind of a stenographer, they don't really get that feeling. Because like, you know, if a client doesn't like the color yellow, but it's part of the brand colors, it's important you know why they don't like the yellow because it's gonna affect every other project you work with them. And, you know, if that's something that you need to know and need to be able to ask, and they're gonna, the client's gonna like it because they're like, oh, they actually care about why I'm giving this feedback as opposed to just kind of writing it off and like, okay, no yellow, so. Yeah, I think, I think that attention to kind of detail and that caring is something really important and valued like you said, by clients, but also by people, you know, on your team within the agency, I think it's important to show that, that you care and you're not just, you know, taking notes to take notes, but you're really listening to the feedback and taking everything in. Well, it, it's a level of 
finding that common understanding because I think in the end of the day, everyone wants the same thing, which is the best work possible. And it's just how you go about getting there. And you know, if if you can, you're not gonna win every battle, obviously, but if you can understand where it's coming from, like for me, I, I tend to fight things when there's not a, a clear reason. And if you can, if you like, I may not agree with you, but if you can give me a reason for it, I'll be like, okay, I don't agree, but I understand where you're coming from, so I can work with that. You know, but like when an account person comes back to you and they're just like, well, that's just the way it is, that's not really an answer that helps anyone. It doesn't help the client, it doesn't help the creatives. Um, so I think really diving into finding out why is super important. And so, you know, when I'm when with clients, I can have those conversations firsthand. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, I think that's all really important. For someone who seems to be very, you know, detail oriented, what's with your tendency of accidentally texting people the wrong thing? So I blame my phone. Um, so my old phone was a Samsung S8. And when you got the notifications, um, if you click the notification and unlock, it would open up that new app, like that, whatever the notification was for. My new phone, which is a OnePlus 7, doesn't do that. So you click the notification and you unlock and it leaves you on your previous screen. So, and the reason, the reason he brings it up is because in my uh, About Me page, it talks about how before the date with my, my, my now fiance, um, I texted her a message that was meant for someone on a dating app. And then um, she laughed it off. And then the next day after our date, I was checking my phone and someone on the dating app had messaged me again. And I did the same thing. So five minutes after the date, and uh, obviously it ultimately worked out well because we're engaged now, but it's, uh, it's, you know, it's a story. It happens. Yeah, it's funny. I see your, your cat walking behind you. Tell me a little about Killbot 3000 and that unbelievable name. Yeah, um, so I adopted him 10 years ago and I was still living in Atlanta working at CNN. I had a really crazy schedule back then because there are two different shifts at CNN.com. The first one was from like six in the morning until 2.30 in the afternoon, or you go from 2.30 p.m. to 11 p.m. And my roommate at the time was on the opposite shift. So like I wasn't seeing anyone because you were also, you work either Sunday through Thursday or Tuesday through Saturday. So I just like, I was on such a weird schedule that I was not seeing any other human being and I needed some, you know, kind of companionship. And so, um, a friend of mine knew that, you know, I was looking for a cat and she was on this like community listserv where some cats had been abandoned on someone's doorstop and they were trying to adopt them out. And so I saw this photo of uh, a cat now known as Killbot. And yeah, I just, uh, you know, match, I don't know if it was made in heaven because he can be a bastard sometimes. <laughs> but yeah, but the name actually came from when I was in college because I had a roommate who um I was living with and she wanted to get a cat and it was against her lease so I basically said to her you can get a cat if I get to name it and I tried coming up with a name that I could live with because it'd be funny but it would probably dissuade her from getting it and I just kind of hung on to that name for a few years and uh I, I love it because every time I like I just stop to objectively think about the fact that I have a cat named Killbot 3000 it makes me laugh even 10 years later because like, I don't know, one of my favorite Frank Zappa quotes, uh, it may be the only Frank Zappa quote I know, but he, uh, when someone asked him about like why he named his kids weird names, 
he said, what's the beauty in the name Ralph? Yeah. Yeah, that's a fair point. He's a cat. He doesn't know any better. Like, <laughs> what difference does it make? Yeah, I love that. Why not? And it's, it's funny. And if it makes you smile every time you say, you know, yeah. it's worth it. I love, I love when art directors have blogs. So want to tell me a little bit about yours? Oh, yeah. So, you know, I have a blog section on my website. Originally, it's called Experimentation. Um, but it was just like for me to put things that I'm like working on that weren't necessarily por portfolio worthy, but like, especially during COVID, I was just making a lot of random stuff, like whether it was like illustrations or digital paintings or some uh, motion graphics experiments. Uh, you know, it was just a place to kind of put those so that it wasn't just me looking at things. And, you know, it's been a, a fun place to kind of show off other things too. Like, you know, if one of my projects gets a mention in Adweek, I can drop it in there. Um, you know, I made something called uh, Shower Sands, which is a font based on a hair I found in the shower. And, you know, I put it on Reddit and it blew up. Um, you know, it was a place for that because I wouldn't make it like necessarily like an, a full entry in my portfolio, but where else would it go? Because I know someone's going to enjoy that and want to, you know, see it. So might as well. Yeah, totally. Well, it's, it's really fun. I enjoyed, you know, kind of scrolling through it. So keep up the post because yeah, it's definitely a, a fun place to look. Yeah, and I haven't been able to post as much because Slideshow has been keeping me so busy, but I'm looking forward to kind of taking on those like smaller projects once this is over, so. Yeah, maybe the last question, unless you have anything else to say is, is there a dream client agency brand you want to give a little shout out to? Um, you know, I think the easy answer that probably a lot of people give is like Wyden Kennedy. Uh, I, I, I'm always going to have a soft spot for Goodby just because the earliest ads that I remember all came from Goodby. So like, that's always going to be kind of part of my DNA. Um, you know, it, it's really hard to say because it's kind of like a baseball team. Players get traded around and move around so much that it's really hard to have an affiliation or like say, this is who I would dream to play for because the team that you might have idolized, you know, growing up, none of those same players are going to be there. The people that made it such a special thing for you growing up, you know, they're going to be different. You have the same name. You might be in the same city. Like look at the Rams who've moved around a ton. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm always going to have a soft spot for certain agencies. Uh, you know, I think, I think the work that Eric Coleman's doing right now at his agency is really, really fun. Uh, again, Wyden Kennedy is always making good work. You know, could be still pretty solid. Uh, you know, there, there's a lot of agencies that do great work, but, you know, ultimately the agency isn't making the work, it's the people making the work. And if they're going to be moving around, you know, you want to work for certain people, not necessarily the name on the door. Yeah, totally. And, and couldn't agree more. I mean, thanks so much. I know you're busy, but thanks for taking the time and, and doing something like this. Not a problem. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. What's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Uh, Josh at joshdweiss.com email. Uh, you know, joshdweiss.com is also my website if people want to see the work I've done. And like, you know, like you said, I have the blog, right? I just I put up random things that I'm making. Uh, you know, hopefully by the end of the year, I'll have a, a few more things to add on there that are not gigantic uh, time sucks. Yeah. Well, you know, thanks so thanks so much for doing this. No problem. Thank you, man. Yeah. And that's a wrap for the uh, 60th episode of Bouncing Back. If you know anyone who may want to sell themselves to recruiters looking for talent in the ad industry, have them shoot me an email at malow930 at gmail.com. And now you can also check out 
these episodes on Spotify and Apple Podcasts under Bouncing Back and Advertising. Thanks a lot, ma'am. Thank you.